0: Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum.
1: Well, thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for being with us today. Today's show, all about marriage, conscious coupling, being with another person in a long-term committed relationship. We're going to find out the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs. Uh, Mostly, I'll probably talk about the downs. I don't know about you. Um, But that's kind of, uh, you know, the... The blush is off the rose for so many of us in long-term relationships, and it feels like talking to a couple of experts in this regard is a good idea, at least to get um, ourselves centered, to look and see what's possible, where we may have become resigned, given up, or just uh, plain be, I don't know, apathetic about our own relationships, or uh, ways to stimulate things, ways to shake things up. We'll talk about all that today. In addition, uh, here's what I want you to know. There are some great conferences coming up this year. The ICF uh, Global Conference, called the Converge last year, is not uh, going to happen this year. They're going to do it, I believe, uh, every other year, and I don't know if that's semi-annually, bi-annually, or whatever it is, but it's every other year. And the, uh, But the conferences that are going on, I am going to the ICF Midwest Regional Conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this year because I've never been to Pittsburgh, and if you've never been to Pittsburgh, you should go and we'll talk about it when we're there. Um, you know, maybe with a little snark, I'm not sure, but um, pardon me. Pirates are doing well this year, so if nothing else, we'll go have a, you know, a hot dog and a beer and talk about coaching. So check it out. Go to the ICF uh, Midwest Regional Conference homepage and uh, get yourself registered. In addition, Conversation Among Masters. This is a wonderful high-level conference where I think they only admit 200 people. You should check it out. It's a small uh, group, relatively, and uh, we spend that have in the past. I'm not sure what they've got in store for us this year, but we spend the entire day with a a single conversation starter, a single keynote or speaker or expert to talk about that and really get in-depth to it with, uh, you know, 199 other uh, brilliant coaches. So check that out by going to conversation, singular, among masters, plural, dot com. And uh, what else will I be doing? The Association of Coach Training Organizations is having their conference in June in Virginia, Virginia, And uh, check out near you. Check out your regional schedule of events. Because if you haven't been to a local event, you need to. You need to get out and see what other coaches are doing. If you're not yet a coach or thinking about coaching, you should check that out. And here's something else you should check out. First of all, I'm a huge fan of coaches getting trained. I know. You're wonderful. You're brilliant. You're perfect the way you are. But really... Coaching is not what you think it is. It's not telling people what to do. You already have those people. You married those people. You you are those people. You've, uh, you're related to those people. So great coaching is actually having people access their own answers, inner wisdom, and knowing. And to facilitate that, it takes a little training. If you're like me, well, God help you, but if you are you go and you look for training and you look for the finest training. You're not looking for the cheapest, the most popular. You're not looking for the uh, quickest or the least trouble. You're looking for something that's going to challenge you, something that's going to create real value and make a real difference in your life. If you're that kind of person and it's not for everyone, check out Accomplishment Coaching. Accomplishment Coaching is our longest-term sponsor here. They've been sponsoring us for all 15 or 16 years we've been here. But more than that, they are the preeminent, um, coaching training organization i I literally am having hair and makeup done while uh, i 'm talking to you it 's a beautiful thing to be a superstar like me um i, I I'm just not sure was that. Was that brush from the dog? Let's talk about accomplishment coaching. Here's what I love about them. Number one, you get a coach for the entire duration of the program. Nobody else does that. Number two, it's a long-term program. It's not, a, not for the weak, the faint of heart, or the I'm not sure how I can uh, afford this kind of student. It's for somebody who is professional, who's serious about getting into a new profession, and wants the finest training in the world. I would put this training up against any other training in the world. I'm not kidding. It's not hyperbole. I'm serious. Check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com. In addition, uh, they do something that nobody else does, which is you can come in and observe the coach's training program in process while it's going on in any of their cities where they have their program. Ready? Here are the cities. San Diego, California. Love it. Seattle, Washington, the Emerald City. Chicago, the Windy City, the Second City. Great. Bastion, the jewel of the Midwest. New York City the Big Apple, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and you know they need coaching there. And in Canada now, Victoria, British Columbia, beautiful, beautiful place. So check it out, accomplishmentcoaching.com, Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest, coach training program, ICF accredited, of course. All right, well, um, we've talked to you about everything. I think it's time to bring on our guest. Married since 1972, before many of you were born, Charlie and Linda Bloom are joining us. They're both trained as in the master's level as therapists. They have dedicated their lives to assisting individuals, couples, and organizations to enhance relationship building skills. But I think we're going to talk today about mostly long-term committed relationship marriages. They're authors, co-authors of many books for, you know, 101 Things I Wish I Knew When I Got Married. Secrets of Great Marriages, Happily Ever After, and 39 Other Myths About Love, and their latest book, which is just out this year, That Which Doesn't Kill Us. Please welcome to our microphone, Charlie and Linda Bloom. Hello. Hello
2: there. Delighted to be with you.
1: Thanks. I can Actress. hear you. There's Charlie. Thanks. Um, Charlie, you're a soft-spoken man. We're going to have to ask you to speak up a little bit so we can all hear you clearly. Um, you guys did the the seemingly impossible thing, which is apparently you work together and you've lived together and you've successfully navigated relationship for all these years. I'm going to ask you a challenge right from the beginning. Is long-term committed monogamous relationship a good idea for human beings?
2: I'm a big believer. (laughs) I'm a believer in marriage. I'm a believer in committed partnership And I think it grows us and stretches us and can bring out the best in us. it can also bring out the really shadowy parts of us. But I think it's a a growing experience and I'm all for it. I think it's possible. I think it's worth the effort and there's a lot of work involved.
3: Um, Thanks for the question, Um, Christopher. It's, um, I have a, little different take on it. And one of the things that you may notice about me and Linda is that we have some differences in terms of not just how we see things, but our personalities, our styles. And that's where my answer to your question becomes a little conditional. Um, What I would say, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. It is demanding. It is a very demanding practice if you really are going to use it as a not just as a means of um, providing some companionship for yourself or some material support for yourself, but if you're really going to use it to its full potential, which is to enhance the essential quality of your own life and to help you to become um, a more authentic, better person, then um, you've got some challenges in front of you. And one of the main reasons for that is that because we inevitably um, attract people who are different from us. And so it's not despite the differences that people get attracted. It's, it's really because of them. And what that means is that we're going to have to deal with some things that um, we're not necessarily accustomed to or not <clears throat> really um, trained to. To, to deal with. Because it's one thing to say to somebody uh, or to say to yourself, uh, there's just too much in our relationship for me to make it worth my while to put the work into it. But if you're committed and you you have made that commitment, if you have established that kind of um, an understanding with each other. If you've got children, you know, if you've got like Zorba, the Greek says the full catastrophe, (laughs) uh, you're going to, um, it's not so easy to get out. I mean, technically it's easier these days to get a divorce, but there's all kinds of other reasons why we uh, resist doing that if at all possible. So, uh, That's the long answer to your quite my long answer to your question. Basically, um, it can be uh, the best thing that a person can do, depending upon whether they are up to it. Um, But if you're not and you go into it hoping that everything will just work out, um, you better think twice. (laughs) A,
1: I want to out myself here in terms of um, we had intended to have a co-host with me today so that we could get uh, different generational and different life experience uh, points of view in here. Unfortunately, she's not well, so, um, so you got me. And here's my uh, storied history relationship-wise in terms of committed relationships. I'm a guy who's been engaged to be married five times. I've been actually married one time. I'm currently married. We're in our 12th, between 12 and thirteen uh, anniversaries and a couple kids. Now, here's what I can see for myself is that I love what you pointed to as marriage is a growthful experience. I feel actually kind of ripped off most of the time about marriage because the things that got me in are not the things I'm dealing with now. Right, for many of us, we fell in love. That person was so attractive, they were so delightful, they were so you know um inspiring or as as you point to Charlie, different from us and exploratory and an alien that we wanted to get to know more and then now, in long term relationship, or at least if you can you know you guys probably laugh at my long term being twelve years, but um it's a whole different game, right. Now we're navigating the anger and the expectations and the disappointments and aging and, you know, different parenting styles. And how could you say that to me and all that stuff? What what is that normal? Have I just gotten the raw deal and other people elsewhere are, you know, waking up with milk and honey every day? Like, how does marriage go? No,
2: I think that what you're experiencing is really quite typical. And I think that a lot of people are freaked out by finding out that the romantic myths are a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. that there isn't any happily ever after. There's happy and then there's disappointed and there's happy and there's angry and resentful and then there's happy and bliss and then, you know, it's up and down and the trust is great and then the trust is compromised. There are broken agreements and there are different values and there are different styles of being in the world and it, it can be a pretty wild ride. And I think what makes all the difference is when people can examine some of the wild expectations that they have, that it was supposed to be easy and we love each other, so it's just supposed to Mm -hmm. flow. And we made the commitment at the marriage ceremony, and so the commitment's in place, rather than realizing it's a choice that we make every day to commit again and again and again. And when people are relieved of some of their romantic illusions they seem to have a a bit easier time being with what is. And, you know, the research is really clear that most people do want to have a long-term committed partnership. They vision that for themselves. So while it's true that it's not for everybody, most people do want it. What they don't comprehend is that you earn your way into having a great relationship. You don't luck into it by finding the right person. And love is a great start. I'm a big believer in love. But there's skills that you need to acquire. You know, high-level communication skills, good negotiation skills, Mm. conflict management skills. And there are all these qualities that people may have in good raw materials but aren't developed like patience and tolerance and acceptance, like courage to bring up the tough issues, like self-discipline not to be a reaction machine. So when somebody brings up a touchy issue that you stay present, fully present, attentive. And if you start to, you know, want to, shut down communication, that you've got the self discipline to come back and get in the game. Maybe you need a little break, but to get back in the game. And that this is growing into the best that we can be by getting the skills and developing the qualities and the signature strengths that gonna allow us to have a great relationship. So no, I don't think that you're, you know, atypical. I think that most people uh, really have to pay a lot of dues to get to the great relationship status,
1: Charlie anything to add or or
3: um well I,
1: conflict uh, with that
3: I'm right on board with everything that that Linda said, and I think that um there's so many of us, and i'm certainly one of them who get into relationships or who have gotten into a relationship and um experience. Uh, something that's known as, I don't know if you've heard this term, (laughs) confirmation bias,
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, where you, you have a certain impression initially, and then your perception of that situation or that person is driven by the need to reinforce that impression. So if you have an impression about somebody you know, when you first meet them, you're in the infatuation stage, and all you can see is how wonderful they are. Mm -hmm. And and everything that they do is so wonderful. And you're seeing them through those lenses, which is part of uh, the setup, and and I use that word (laughs) intentionally, of infatuation. You know, it's like nature's way to hook us into perpetuating the species. And so we get hooked. And And then what happens is inevitably, after, you know, the honeymoon begins to wear off, um, the shadow side of that person begins to be revealed. Or maybe a better way to put it would be, we begin to be more open to seeing who else is there besides our idealized image of this person. And it's often not pretty. And it's very easy at that point or afterwards to begin to conclude that, oh, I just made a bad choice here. Uh, This, you know, we're not a good fit. We're not a good match. Um, Yet, that process of becoming disillusioned from your illusion about who that person is, is practically universal. I'm not saying it happens in 100% of the cases, uh, because we certainly have known people who have not experienced that. But in most cases, it happens. And it's not so much whether or not it happens, it's how do you deal with it when you begin to see who this person is fully. You begin to see the shadow, you begin to see the light, you begin to see their strengths, you begin to see their deficiencies. How do you deal, what do you, where do you go with that? And that's where the skills that Linda was talking about <clears throat> really come into play. And if you haven't developed them, as most people haven't when they get married, because mm-hmm. the average age of marriage, even in this country, is still in the 20s, and how many of us really, you know, were as wise in our 20s as, you know, we are in our 40s and 50s and beyond. Uh, But if you haven't developed those skills, you're going to be challenged to develop them, or else you're going to be inclined to make the choice to get out and look for somebody who's easier to be with.
2: Mm-hmm. I want to add one more thing that may be useful to you, Christopher, and some people in the listening audience. When you're raising kids, such a tremendous amount of time and effort and our energy and focus goes to the children and the careers get the rest. And the, re- the romantic relationship sometimes uh, doesn't get enough to be vital and satisfying and fulfilling and delightful. And I don't have too many regrets for my life, but I do have some regret that when we were raising our kids and they were small, that we didn't take more romantic getaways and get off the merry-go-round from the professional commitments and the devotion to the children. As much as we love them and as much as we want them and we want to give them the best, it does often steal from the well-being of the romantic partnership. And I just say that to all the young couples who are starting out in their families. Find some child care and go away for some romantic weekends and travel light and look into each other's eyes and see why you were attracted to them to the beginning with. See why you... Partnered with them, see why you chose to have those children together, and give yourself a little rest period from the family and the professional concerns and to do it regularly i 'm a big advocate of honeymooning every year.
1: Mm. What a brilliant idea. Um, I want to break in and talk about uh, a couple of things. The first is. We're we're talking the entire hour together, and we'll be talking about marriage, long-term relationships, committed relationships, monogamy. Is it the same? Uh, are the principles the same? You know, these kids today, they got lots of different kinds of relationships, right? People are gender-fluid. People are sexually fluid. People are polyamorous. People are even, you know, just, uh, you know— uh, Gay, transgender, there's lots of different relationships and lots more gender boxes to check than when you, know, you and I were young. Are these basic principles the same for any people or are they specific to heterosexual marriage couples?
2: No, I don't think it's uh, a guideline just for heterosexual couples. I think homosexual couples, and this is not anything to do with morality, it's practicality. I think that people sometimes get spread so thin that they don't focus enough on what it takes for the one romantic partnership to thrive. And when you start siphoning off energy to a lot of other concerns and a lot of other relationships, the primary relationship doesn't sometimes have the fuel in the tank you know, to really move ahead at a rapid clip. And so I I tell people that it's really important to prioritize what is most important to you and put that in the number one spot. And so if you give your time and attention to your career, your career is going to thrive. If you give your time and attention to your friendships, that's going to thrive. If you give your time and attention to your spiritual practice, that's going to thrive. If you give the bulk of your time and attention to your romantic partnership, you give it the best possibility to thrive.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. I want to I go back to something I heard earlier in what you were talking about. You know, there's a, there's a dilettantism, that's prevalent in our society now. And I don't know if we call it the, an issue of uh, generation like millennials or if it's simply uh, from being a, a rich nation or whatever, but there are a lot of people, you know, certainly over half of the people who stand up in front of, you know, God, the videographer, and their family and say, I do take this person for the rest of my life. Uh, d- they don't. And so there's a, you know, a large rate of divorce, There's a large rate of people getting into something they say is for life and then getting out. And I'm I've got to believe that often having resources makes the dilettantism even easier. Because if all you have to do to get out of a relationship is write a check and agree on who's gonna see the kids when, it's not the same. Many of us who don't have, you know, aren't in the one percent, for example, you know, we've got to deal with oh, we can't really afford two different homes or we can't afford you know, to keep the kids in this school and in their after-school activities if we break up. So there are some people, at least, that are in the relationship for the relationship, some people that are in it unhappily because it's too expensive to leave, and some people where it's pretty easy to leave. You know, the flashing green exit sign is always available because they're just a check and an agreement away from getting out of it and going and finding somebody who's cuter. How do we... How do you navigate that when you're dealing with couples who have different values maybe than each other or different values than you in terms of how easy easily they would like to get out of a relationship? Is the question clear?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a great question. Um, you know, we, as you say, we are living in um, a culture that is more affluent in terms of being able— to provide for material comforts than any other time in history. Yeah. And that's a mixed bag. There's, there are certain incredible comforts and advantages to being able to have the, the luxuries that we have. And I, and I don't use the word luxury lightly. Um, the average American lives with more material and physical comfort than um, a king did 100 years ago. Mm. Uh, You you know, so so there's no comparison uh, to how things had been in the past where marriages were held together out of material needs for survival. We had to stay together. And it's been um, a, a very liberating phenomenon that we have the flexibility now to be able to afford to consider alternatives to staying in marriage, whether it's good or bad, than our grandparents did. I mean, I think that that's a wonderful thing. However, there's a downside to it. And as you point out, the downside is that it's it's very easy to pick up and pack up and move on for people who are not experiencing, you know, for pe- where it's not so much fun anymore. You know, it's getting boring, it's getting old, it's getting difficult. Uh, You're not the person that you used to be. I don't don't really enjoy this. And instead of seeing this as a a means or an opportunity to see what we can do to deepen our true connection that we have, that we felt on that day that we made those vows, Mm -hmm. um, until we can come to terms with that reality... Then we're going to be very disinclined to want to continue to do the work. Because most of the information that we get from the media and from commercials and advertisements is that you know, once you find the right person
1: it's easy. Right. Set
3: for infinite bliss forever. And even though people understand intellectually well that's that's not realistic, on some level that's right. we hold that myth. To be true, and that's one of that's the reasons right. why we wrote our third book, um, um, "Happily Ever After," and then thirty-nine other myths about love. You know, that's one of the myths that we really challenged, and and we wrote it so that people could understand and kind of be um, aware of when sure. they're encountering an expectation or a belief that isn't necessarily based in reality, but it's based on something that they picked up. Somewhere. That's right.
1: That's right. I'm interrupting you, Charlie, because as you can tell, that music tells us we're going to a break now. Uh, I want to let you know the website to go to is bloomwork.com. That's B-L-O-O-M-W-O-R-K. Check out the work there, and we'll be back with one right after this. Stay with us.
3: Christopher McAuliffe is your source
1: for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now.
0: Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls, Required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold, and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. 6813. That's 1-888-548-6813.